was a highway man. Along the coach roads I did ride. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, Jazz and Orlando coming up as we check in with the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler Jack. Bowler, how the heck are you? Scotty Hans, hello from Orlando. How are you? Good. Weather, I'm assuming, is fantastic. It was yesterday. Uh, cloudy, expecting rain today. So uh, maybe we'll fly out in a little bit of a storm. But uh, I'm hearing that Salt Lake has one coming down for the weekend. So can't get away from it. Can't, can't ask for a better day than we have today here, though. This is awesome. 55. Lloyd said it was high level. Yeah. It's beautiful. But I'd take a Florida storm over a Utah storm any day, Bowler. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Set out when it's 80 and just let it rain on you. I'm with you. It's bring a, a bar of time. soap. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'd love that you <laughs> said bring a bar of yeah. soap. <laughs> One thing about my guy Hands is he's now all in on Florida. You yeah, love that state. I do. I am such a big fan. I love it down there so much, Baller. I'm so jealous that you're in Orlando right now. You know what? I'm about a stone's throw from uh, Disney World. A lot of people down here. Uh, it's, it is, you know, golf courses everywhere. I can see when they have bad weather or hurricanes would be an issue because, I mean, I grew up in Kansas. At least there was a hill or two, but here it's flat and it comes across pretty fast. I can see why there's always concern. Well, this is an interesting time of year for the Jazz because technically they're still hanging in there for the opportunity to get in the playing tournament, but it just doesn't feel like the momentum is where it needs to be with this team right now. You're around this, and I don't want you to, you know, break any confidences or anything like that, but what's the mood of the team right now when you're around these guys and you see the body language? And that's why I love, you know, having you with the team and being able to watch these games yeah. in person, especially these road games. Where where, where are they at right now? And don't, you know, you can say San Bernardino if you want, but uh, how are they hanging <laughs> on? Where are they right now? Oh, man. You know, there's it's it's tough. Let's be honest. Uh, one in six since the trade deadline. <clears throat> you lost a, a facilitator in Kelly Olenek, uh, a young defender in Ochai Abaji, and uh, Simone Fontecchio, who gave you some three-point shots and also some defense with length and strength, by the way. But, uh, you know, those are questions that I'll be talking to Will Hardy about tonight. I think his... his uh, his coaching and his ability uh, to maybe put perspective with this team is the most important right now. Um, you know, I, look, there was a lot of emotions in Atlanta with John Collins returning and Quinn Snyder and Colin Sexton and uh, the connections with the state and Walker Kessler as well. But, you know, you just can't put yourselves in constant holes, and that's what they've done. Uh, you know, the one win was nice you know, at home against San Antonio. But uh, you can't dig yourself a hole, and that's what the Jazz really Achilles has been throughout the year. Um, you know, tough starts and then turnovers in bunches and 18 turnovers, and you give away 28 points to the Hawks, and, you know, you're playing uphill constantly. So it's a youth movement. Let's be honest. Let's say what it is. It's Taylor Hendricks' time. It's Keontae George time. It's a little bit of Bryce Sinzabaugh time. And they're trying to figure out if they are pieces to the future. 
and that will drive Danny and Justin Zanuck's decision-making in the offseason on what they need to do, who to sign, free agency, draft picks. So as tough as it is for Jazz fans, I think it's, it's you know, i got to speak the truth, uh, it's 11th in the West. They're four games out of a play-in spot, and I think it's constantly, the Jazz are constantly trying to uh, try to find momentum, but also, you know, once you lose the players that you did, it was like going back to training camp in a way to to reconfigure and the language for Taylor and Sinzabaw and Keontae and for them to get used to the system and also the players that surround them. And I think the turnovers, Hands and Scotty, are kind of proof of the the difficulty they're having doing that right now. And uh, will it get better? Maybe in time. But if, you, if you're thinking playoffs, you know, time's not on your side. Um, you know, you've already played 59. Uh, tonight's game 60. And you know you play 82. So the clock's ticking. Did you have any opportunity to catch up with Quinn Snyder? Did he, did he have anything I did. to say? I did. You know, we had a, we had a chance to go one-on-one uh, for the pregame show. Uh, and we spoke for a couple of three minutes and, you know, like in coach speak, I think he really does have great love for the jazz in the city of Salt Lake, the state of Utah. And I don't think he left. And again, only behind closed doors, do you know, actually what went down, but he spoke highly of, you know, Danny and Justin and Ryan, the way things were handled. Uh, they had a great run with Rudy and Donovan, but I think he felt like, like everyone, maybe time had come. Uh, they always talk about windows, right, of opportunity. And maybe that window had closed quicker and a little had been sealed uh, a little bit more than maybe some of us knew with relationships, you know. Time for Rudy to go on, time for Donovan to go on. And I think Quinn felt like he'd given all he had in those eight years. You know, six consecutive, by the way, playoff appearances. But, again, couldn't really do much more than the first round. Or, you know, you step your toe into round two. So, uh, you know, sometimes things have to come to an end. That's what he and I were talking about. Uh, a lot of people come and go lately in this league. Coaches change regularly. And um, I, I think you see more players taking jumps. And some force their own jump out, right, behind the scenes or even publicly. And they use social media to do that. But, you know, I think the Jazz overall are just trying to do it the right way. It's going to take time. You have a multitude of draft picks and a lot of money to spend upwards to about $50 million. That could be off a million or two, uh, plus or minus. But I would think the Jazz hands, Scotty, will be very active in the offseason. And right now they want to see who they have and what pieces are going to be a part of the future. Because I, mean, I don't think Ryan's going to be that patient. I mean, he, he wants to, you know, move this team ahead. And as Justin said, too, that the bottom line is they would like to do a longer window of opportunity, much like what Golden State's been able to do with Clay, Draymond, and Steph. But, man, it, you know, you have to hit it. You have to roll the dice and, and hit it on your draft and also the free agents that you bring in. Craig Bowler, Jack, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I go back to the game against San Antonio, and Taylor Hendricks got thrown to the Wolves against a, uh, another fellow rookie and Victor Wembanyama, who might be, you know, a generational player. First off, I want to get your thoughts on the games you've been able to see him in person, and what are your thoughts on that phenom? 
And then, you know, Taylor had some moments against him where I think that, you sure. know, he, he, he looked good and, and held his own. Now, granted, there's a long learning curve and he's extremely raw, but kind of give us your evaluation of what you've seen out of him now that he's been put in the starting lineup with some big boy minutes. Yeah, T and I, Big T and I talked to him uh, a couple of days ago, and I think he's still wide-eyed. Uh, I think he hustles. I think he has some physical attributes uh, hands and Scotty, I really do. Uh, he's a better rebounder. I think he's catching on on positions on the floor. But a lot of that, too, is just kind of innate. I mean, some people have a nose and they know where to go and other people don't. But I, I think Taylor, again, is is a work in progress, 20 years old, just like Keontae. Keontae was more NBA ready at the time. And I think Taylor's taking advantage. He told us that it was a good thing for him to be in the G League to, to get to know the system of the Jazz, which they play the same with the Stars as they do uh, when you when you get the call up. So he said that transition wasn't as difficult for him, knowing what, you know, Will Hardy needed and wanted. Um, but, yeah, you know, I tell you, 20 years old. Um, you know, T always talks about, to me, when we're just talking about basketball, you know, how NBA-ready guys were 20 years ago when you played the three or four years. And now it's a totally different game. You have to look into the future and see and hopefully look at the potential and then how long does it take to be reached. And I think that's what the Jazz are going through right now with Keontae, Taylor, and Sensabaugh. I'm glad to see Sensabaugh get more minutes. You know, he was he was highly touted before the injury, guys, at Ohio State, prolific three-point shooter in the Big Ten. And, you know, he's got a big body, man. He's 6'6", 230, moves pretty well. So I'm glad to see him get some minutes here in the you know last third of the season, and they'll get a better feel for what he's about too. But uh, so far, I think it's just a process, and I think Hendricks has shown that he has some flashes. He told us the the moment that he realized that he was in the NBA and maybe he did belong was when he blocked Kevin Durant uh, a few weeks ago, and. You know, it does take minutes or moments like that, hands as you know, uh, to say, hey, you know what, this is real. I'm in the NBA, and you know what, I, I, I do belong. And, you know, that's a process that takes time, especially when you're 19 going on now 20. But I, I still think, it, you know, those are moments that are going to have to come more often, by the way. Not just one moment, but multiple moments that begin to, you know, build confidence with all three of these young guys. Give me your best assessment on Walker Kessler, Bowler. You know, Hans, that's interesting, man. I, You know, he had such an incredible rookie season, and there was a lot of hype about him. He looked like he jumped on the floor with incredible confidence. Uh, teams didn't know who he was or his tendencies, and now they do. Uh, you know, he got hurt early, and I think it really threw him for a loop uh, with the uh, the elbow and then, of course, he's a guy, you couldn't meet a nicer guy. And he wants to appease Coach Will Hardy and the franchise and do everything right. You can't do everything right in this league or any league or, or in life. So I think he's had to adjust his train of thought about quit looking to the sideline, as, as Will has talked about openly. Like, you know what, you're going to make mistakes, live with it, and learn from it. And I think he's starting to kind of find his way back a little. I think his his ego or his, let's say, I'm going to say confidence 
was beat up not more a couple of times this year. You start, you lose the starting job, you come back, you lose it again now to Taylor Hendricks, and Collins stays in as a small big uh, alongside Marketing. And I think, you know, these are good tests for Walker Kessler. Um, I'm anxious to see, I don't know if you call it, what is it, hands in the sophomore um, slump. Slump, I guess, is really came to fruition for him. Um, but, you know, look at his block shots. I mean, he's going to probably hit the 200 mark. Uh, you know, he's at 138. He's about 2.7, 2.8 a game. So if you put the math, he should probably, without injury, you know, go 200. He's a defensive force. Uh, I think, again, probably on the offensive side, a little sweeping hook shot would be great. Um, is he a three-point shooter? Not that I've seen yet. I'm sure he's going to continue to work on it and, you know, surprise us with a few during the course of, you know, each and every year. But, you know, facing up to the basket, you know, no problem at the rim because of his size. But I think it'd be really helpful to have just another another shot in his offensive arsenal to keep uh, defensive defenses honest. But I like the guy. I think he, you know, he needs to get stronger and more confident with the ball, especially rebounding hands. I really do. You know, what's interesting is the fact that we put these guys on pedestals and we expect them to be great. And they are. Uh, but also, you know, I'm calling games for Utah State and their starting point guard is 24 years old and, you know, four years older than Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks. Yeah. And yet we're like expecting these guys to be high level NBA players and being like, all right, go out and win games and lead these teams to, uh, you know, at least yeah. a spot in the playing tournament. And it's a process, man. And, you know, I don't mean to, you know, steal the old Daryl Morey line, but, you know, it's a process this this team is going through and this front office is going through. And what do you what do you tell a fan base right now that wants this team to make those incremental steps every single year and, and may not be seeing it right now? Yeah, that's another great conversation, Scotty. I mean, jazz fans, jazz nation, have, have, I think are really smart. I mean, I've been here 19 years and covered them since 85, and they get it. They would love quickly to build back this franchise to the Stockton and Malone days, but those guys aren't coming through the door. You know, Hornacek's not coming through the door. Boozer and D. Will and Memo, you know, they're not coming through the door. So you have to be patient as a fan base. I get it. They pay good money. The players are well paid, and everyone wants to win now. But it doesn't really happen that way in most cases. You may get lucky and get that generational player. But even look with Wimbenyama, you know, they're like right now bottom, what, three? There's only two teams above them or below them, I am sure should say. So they're going to get another lottery pick at three or four by the time it comes around. But, you know... Everyone thinks that Victor was just going to change it immediately. And you asked me earlier, what have I seen? I think they're being real careful with him, honestly, Hans and Scotty. You know, 25 or so minutes a night. Um, I don't think they're trying to overwhelm him. And I can't even begin to think of the pressure uh, on him uh, of being that generational player. Look, some guys are more mentally prepared for it, like, LeBron at 18, Kobe, uh, they just seem to have that it factor of confidence. And I think Victor still is a little bit overwhelmed 
Is that? A, I think that's a fair word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his skill set's ridiculous, but I don't think I don't think he's even believing in himself. I mean, I I've seen him twice. I don't like to use the word soft, but I think it's just he's not as aggressive as I thought maybe he would be. If that's probably the better word, but yet his skill set allows him to do things that are just outrageous, uh, and his length makes him do things that are outrageous. Now, if he gains that confidence and attitude of that alpha mentality of like, I will dominate you, then watch out. But you know what? Again, they, that may come a year or two down the road. And I think the Spurs realize that. And I don't think Pop is going to overwhelm him right now. And maybe that's the best coach to have with, with this guy because he's been through it with Robinson and Duncan. But the skill set's there. I mean, I, I, I wowed and like, wow, you walk by him, wow. Uh, it was like Yao Ming, you know, just in a different way. The man was a mountain. This guy is a, is a tall aspen or a pine tree, right? I mean, with length for, for days. Yao was just a big, big man. Uh, so I, it's going to be fun to watch him develop the next couple of three years, and then we have the, we'll have the same discussion where he was as a rookie uh, and then where he is in the third year, like it is with, uh, I think, with uh, Walker next season. Third year in the league, I think most players d- decide they belong and they have a better attitude about you know, their play and their confidence should grow. If it doesn't, you're not going to last long. Well, Baller, when we had you on last week, uh, it was the top four toughest schedule remaining for the Utah Jazz. We had Kurt Heelan on yesterday. He said it's moved into the number two position. You've got you've got uh, Denver two times. You've got Dallas two times. You've got Minnesota two times. You've got Golden State two times. Every one Clippers. of them working for position. you got the Clippers in there, and, you know, tonight with a tough – that's a tough Orlando team. This is this is not the old Orlando Magic. This is a tough oh. Orlando team that is fighting their butt off to stay out of that play-in. So it's it's tough, Bo, and, and as you look at it, it it's got to be a little daunting to look at, but you've got to be able to find some confidence-building moments in this. You have to. You know, and I, that's where Will Hardy, I think, has to be the 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 head of, of all this, is to put it in focus uh, for this team and even the fan base. Uh, you're right about Orlando. And you know what? Let me just real quick on my sheet. You know, I, I, I go down and I was studying it last night and today. And this is kind of where the Jazz probably want to be as they start to, as Orlando was so down for such a long time. But if you look at... Ben Caro was number one two years ago in 22. You got Franz Wagner, who was eighth in 21. I'm talking picks. Wendell Carter was number seven in 18. And Jalen Suggs, a Gonzaga product, was a fifth pick in 21. So my point is, you get picks, but do you hit? And that looks like Orlando who's now eighth in the East, and it's tight, by the way. They're bunched up, I uh, believe. Let me look. Uh, with the Eastern Conference, they're, they're, they're eighth. They're going to make it, I think, even as a play-in. But if they would fall apart, I mean, right now you've got uh, Indiana, Philly, and Miami all in that 33-34 win range. So there's only like a half a game 
that separates those four clubs. So they could actually jump into the top top five, you know, if they finish strong. And for the Jazz, thank you for reminding me that is now the toughest uh, <laughs> remaining schedule in the NBA. And it's going to test the Jazz. But the only thing I can think of to tell Jazz fans is that the toughness will only give this this group of players more experience on how to win and beat good teams in this league. And you know what? It's a tough, I'd say the West is tough. Still packed with great veterans, aging veterans. And that should help Jazz fans realize, too, that youth may be on their side in the next year or two. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive as Thurl and I sit there in that seat. And tonight, I always hope that there's a breakout game, a breakout moment that that the light comes on and, and the flow begins to happen and the turnover cease. Because I really think there's talent here, but they're their own worst enemy at times. And they come in bunches, comes in like a two or three minute span where the panic or the miscues happen and all of a sudden a four point game becomes a 14 point disadvantage. And then you have to play catch up throughout. And that kind of has been the whole pattern you know, throughout uh, throughout the course of this year. So hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe you know, the tough schedule, the guys stand up and at least be competitive. I think that's what Danny and, and Justin would want to see right now. Hey, tell Thurl that he can stay in his seat, too. He doesn't need to stand up. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I, need to, I need to travel with a box so I can just stand on it, you know, and, and at least be 6'9", compared to his seven-footer, you know, stature. You know what it's you know what it's like, man. It's yeah. tough, but he got he's a, he's he's you know T's great, man. T T just you know he brings some fun and uh, with it, and I think you know he's been through it too. I mean, people forget he was the seventh pick in the draft. He relates to these young guys really well. He talks to them a lot, and they listen to the quote old man of the game, and they also remember. 83. He's a national champion, by the way, with one of the most, oh, yeah. you know, iconic coaches of all time and Jimmy Valvano. So, you know, T's been around the block and I think he's, he can, you know, when they want to talk, he'll sit down and, and listen, doesn't want to coach him. That's not his job. But I think the experiences that he's had and then going overseas and coming back to the jazz and being traded, he, he knew what was happening during the trade deadline because he's been there. And, and um, I think it's helped a lot of these young guys know who he is and where he's been. Yeah, I took a picture of that spot when I was down in the pit a few weeks ago uh, yeah. where, you know, the uh, the underneath the bucket where the missed three was put up and uh, right. and uh, Jimmy V and NC State got the national championship. And that was, uh, that was a heck of a run, a crazy run by you know, that team. Scotty, I haven't been to the pit in a long time, man. I was lucky to go there a lot during those ESPN days. And I tell you, that place is daunting still, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Um, and this, you know, look, there's a lot of great places uh, to watch a game. and uh, But I don't know when it's rocking. And sometimes it's not. If they're not a good team, that place, that that uh, it's a fair weather fan base. Like, they'll get sure. after you when they're winning. But when they're not winning, they disappear really quickly. But when they get it, when they've got it cooking, I don't know if there's a place in the country more daunting to play than that place. Yeah, that's rough, man. I remember those days really well. Uh, the land of uh, of the Lobos, 
you know, the pit. Wow. Have you been down in Fieldhouse by chance? No, no, I was not there when uh, uh, I've not been to there. I know we, we talked to Greg Rubel and Mark Durant. That Boy, they are, they're on cloud nine. And I'm sure you're pretty happy to see BYU beat Kansas. Uh, yeah, I didn't cry. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> I didn't cry. I nah, figured no you were, tears, you no were tears, just fine no with tears. that. Yeah, no tears. Yeah. The only other place that I can even look at, too, sorry to go off topic, but Cameron Indoor uh, at Duke is a crazy place. You know, the Cameron crazies. But, you know, I tell you, there's a lot to be said. And, and jazz fans, they're a big part of why Delta Center has been such a dominant place for such since the beginning of time, you know, when Larry built the place, Larry's the house that Larry built, you know, when you sit close and it's confined and there's a, a feeling of, uh, of just everyone's on the same page, there's nothing like it. And I tell you, arenas do make a big impact, man. Kansas State's not been the same, in my opinion, since they built Bramlage. Uh, and Ahern was kind of part of the Allen Fieldhouse um, days. And... You know, those, those are great places to watch college hoop, and it, it I think it gives everybody a home court advantage. And the Jazz have one, too. Hopefully they can feel that when we get back in town next week. Bowler, you're the best, man. We appreciate it, and uh, look forward to catching up again here very soon. Take care, Bowler. Have hey a guys. great call tonight. Thanks, guys. Try to drop by the arena and say hey one night, will you? We're up there on that uh, top level there on the, you know, you know where we are. Oh, yeah, I know. The, bird, the bird's eye view. I'll bring my bar oh. soap. <laughs> okay, do it. <laughs> All right, guys, talk uh, to you next week. Good stuff. There he is, Craig Bowler, Jack Radio on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We're live here at RGS Exteriors. All right, so uh, Greg's with us, and let's say somebody is like, you know what? I built my house in the uh, mid-90s. I got that stucco look. I mean, you can go through a neighborhood, and you can kind of identify, well, it was built there just based, based on the style. And so, and somebody wants to upgrade, and they're like, but we don't know colors. We don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, we don't want to go into this thing blind. How can you help them out on that free initial consultation? So we actually offer um, – it's a – a program called rental works that we come in we'll take a picture of your house load it into our computer and then we can take your ideas put them right there on the computer so you can see exactly what your house would look like and we can change it up you want to put some you want to put some stone wainscot across the bottom this is what's going to look like you want to do some hardy board and batten in over here with maybe some shake in the gable we can put it on the computer screen and you can see exactly what your house is going to look like and it's pretty simple once it's done how about we change that to lap and that over here to to board and batten over there? Mm-hmm. We just flip a couple buttons. You can see what it's going to look like. You can get an actual visualization of what your home's going to look like. And with that, you're going to get your estimate too. Oh, yeah. And understand where you're going to be, the price point that you'll be at. And we talk about this with Tim often. Don't think that you've just got to have an X amount of money sitting around. RGS has great financing partners, and you guys have some of the best financing that is offered for exterior rebuilds. We do. We have a bunch of different loan options that are available, financing options for multiple companies. So it's not like just one set plan done. Um, we, we work with a bunch of different people. We have different financing. You can get some same as cash, some long term. I mean, we can tailor make whatever you're looking for to fit your experience what you, you need to have done and a lot of people get intimidated thinking about that but you we can come out and we can break it down you know this is what you want to have done this time and go around or do you want to do it all this is how much it's going to be if you want to make monthly payments this is how much it's going to be up front we can work with any design 
any financing plans that you're looking to do. We can figure out a, pl- a way to help you get that home the way you want it. Mm. it. It all starts with one quick phone call. All you have to do is uh, call 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Let's get you in. Let's get you squared away. And let's find a way to make your home look the way you want it to look. It's really simple. 801-280-3110. It's RGS Exteriors right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live streaming of your favorite shows. Downloading. Download the latest podcasts and get all the latest breaking news on the teams you can't live without. Everything you need delivered right to your phone. Let's go get them where we can get them. Just search KSL Sports on your app store of choice. Download it now. The KSL Sports app presented by University of Utah Health. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Coming up tomorrow, Hans will be celebrating a Friday at Spa Truve in Orem, located at 295 East University Parkway. Come on by, hang out. We'll be there from noon to 3. Spoil your loved ones. Spoil yourself. Let's go. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Scotty and I will be out there spoiling ourselves. Yep. That's for sure. Come on. Let's have some fun. All right, uh, joining us now, Ben Anderson. You hear him every day from 10 to 12. Kind enough to uh, join us. He is your Utah Jazz Insider at kslsports.com. Ben, how you doing? Hey, Ben. Doing well. How are you guys? We're doing well. Doing well. What is your uh, – how are you looking to evaluate Taylor Hendricks over these next stretch of games where obviously he'll get some extended run? I have kind of a rule of thumb for NBA players that – if they get a real amount of time as rookies to play, you know, some guys just never actually get to see the floor. But if you get enough real cracks at it, I want to see a breakthrough game where I'm like, oh, I, I see where you're going to be two years from now, three years from now. Like, I, I get it. I get why you got drafted. And if you can't do it your rookie season when you get a lot of chances, it's kind of hard for me to believe that you're going to make it. And I will tell you the truth. I've already seen, I think, enough from Taylor Hendricks to totally get it. Like, Super athletic, really good defensive instincts already, even though, like Will Hardy has talked about, he has technique he needs to clean up. I'm a big believer in his shot. I know it hasn't gone on yet or gone in yet at the uh, NBA level, but I know how well he shot uh, at Central Florida, and he's made enough like tough corner threes. He's hit a couple above the break for me to just see the whole picture. Now the question is, like, can he do anything in between stuff? And that was actually his problem at Central Florida which is if you just go back and watch like his highlight tape, you're like, this dude's the number one pick in the draft. And if you actually watch the game, you're like, oh, there's some questions about feel and just like timing and some weird stuff there. So there's no concern level for me for, for Taylor Hendricks the rest of the way. Like he's an NBA player. In fact, I think he needs to be a pretty good NBA player. And then the question is like, how good? He's kind of showing more the, with a little with the ball in his hands than I had expected. Uh, but yeah, I believe in his defense. I believe in his three-point shot. And at six foot ten, that's a lot for an NBA player. Ben, try to evaluate Walker Kessler year one to Walker Kessler year two. I was looking at points. He's he's his minutes are about the same. Twenty-three minutes last year. He's at twenty-three point two this year. But he's down in points, down in rebounds. He's up a little bit in block shots. But I'm talking about evaluating from your 
perspective, because the numbers don't always tell the story, where is he year two compared to year one? I I think he's probably about even. I, I think the the step backwards in numbers probably has to do with personnel. Uh, he and John Collins just don't fit well at all with one another. And John Collins does some things better than than Walker does, and Walker does some, some things better than John Collins. So the overlap there hurts each other. Uh, and then not having Mike Conley to play pick and roll because the Jazz just don't run a lot of pick and roll really hurts him. Where if you know you had Walker Kessler on the receiving end of 20 pick and rolls every game, his numbers would be higher. It's just not what he does. But I don't think the Jazz want to just default to being a pick and roll team. They want to be more dynamic than that. And when you know this thing finally clicks in and they start building a team that's capable of winning playoff games, I think that can be more beneficial than just having you know your go-to offense that teams work to stop and you can take away the pick and roll, not fully but largely in the playoffs. So that's that's why I think they're not just bailing out Walker by running a bunch of pick and roll with him to inflate his stats. That's not what they need to do. Uh, this uh, almost at this time last year was April of 2023. Just after the season ended, Danny Ainge had a really interesting comment where he said, you know, Walker was good because he was playing next to good players. And he needs to grow. He needs to add more to his game if he wants to, you know, be a star in this league or take the next step. But there's a lot of room to grow. And I guess the kind of the question is, like, has Walker grown? His free throws aren't a lot better. I don't think his aggressiveness is better. I don't think his rebounding is better. I don't think his touch is a lot better. So that's a little concerning that, like, he should be taking a step forward, and I know he went and played with Team USA and maybe didn't have the offseason he was expecting, but there was an opportunity to grow, and he didn't do it in year two, and he is slightly older. He only played two years of college, not like he played four, though. So there's there's a little bit of concern there about how high his ceiling is exactly, but there's also the sophomore slump where guys kind of cool off and then bounce back in their third year when they realize, like, oh, I've got to start working on these things again, or I've got to you know improve on the things I do do well on the floor. And I think uh, I think we could see that next season. So let's say uh, the Jazz either finish uh, in the standings at number, um, well, and I mean draft order, I guess I should say, not standings, um, at number 11 or number 10. Do you have a preference? Are you team convey or team not convey for 2024? I, I think you want to hold on to the pick at this point. Uh, I know that this isn't supposed to be a very good draft. And again, I think so much of that often ends up being like, well, the third pick isn't great. The fourth pick isn't great. And I was talking to a draft person locally the other day, and they said, you don't want to have a top five pick in this draft, but you're probably better off having a pick six to 10, which I know is pretty counterintuitive. And still, I bet three, four, five years from now, when we look at this draft, we'll say, well, yeah, the better players were taken in the top five. But they had been saying that, you know, there's just going to be a lot of misses early on because someone's going to reach on somebody who's not great and somebody else is going to fall. So your, your odds of getting a player at 10 or nine are probably pretty similar to what you're going to get at three and four. And you know, if you're a GM and you blow the fourth overall pick, you get fired. You don't do that so much at the 10th overall pick. And of course, you know, Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck, I don't think are in any danger of losing their job ever, but that's what they had said. I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, that's that's probably not a bad way to look at this draft. So if it were me and I were the Jazz, I would say, yeah, fall to 10, maybe even nine if you can to give yourself even a little bit more likelihood that you don't get leaped in the lottery uh, and end up getting pushed out. And that way you can go into this offseason. And if there's somebody at 10 that you think you're going to fall in love with, draft them because this Jazz young core still lacks – star talent. Like, I don't know if Taylor Hendricks is a star. Keontae George might be. I have no idea what to make of Bryce Sensabaugh yet. We will see. He's a long ways out. So 
those are big questions. If you need to add another top 10 pick, and maybe you hit on somebody, that's not super uncommon. Look at Tyrese Halliburton and some of those players. But also, if you just want to make a leap forward and win next year and convey your pick next year so you don't have to worry about pick swaps in 2026 with the Cavs and the Timberwolves, use your top 10 pick. Use your 28th pick that you're going to get from the Raptors trade. Use your 31st pick you're going to get from the Simone Fontecchio trade and put a veteran in there or put a veteran and a young player. And, like, that's a great trade package. And you're still not touching any of your future draft picks if you do that. So, But but the value of that, I think, is that you have a top 10 pick. And so that's where I would really look at that if I were the Jazz and say, I would rather just have the bird in the hand, have the pick this year. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to look like next year, but I would think you could improve the roster enough to guarantee you convey the pick. And it's going to be, you know, worse than the 11th pick, worse than the, you know, the 12th pick that it would be this season. Ben, I heard your conversation about uh, championship teams with David Locke and talking about the top 10, top 20, and top 50 players. And as I was listening, the only thing I could think of is, all right, so if that's the formula, how do the Utah Jazz execute that? So where do they get their top 10, their top 20, and their top 50 players? And be able to have whatever the, that exact formula is to get themselves into the con, into contending shape and to be able to retain that roster. I think you hope that Lowry's top 20 and he's right around there. You know, he's, he's in that Jalen Brown conversation. He's right in that group of top 20, top 25 guys that any given night can be the best player on the floor, but isn't every night, which is what your top 10 player is supposed to be. So you hope Lowry's your top 20 guy. I think you hope Keontae or Taylor Hendricks or maybe this top 10 pick, whatever you do, I think you hope they're your top 50 guy. And then you have whatever it is, 11 future first-round draft picks, yours and other teams. They're almost all fully unprotected. You've got some veteran salaries. And when that top 10 guy has to move off of another team, you just blow the doors off with your trade option. Whether that's, you know, Giannis, whether that's Luca, whether that's Joel, whether that's Devin Booker, if you think Devin Booker's that good in a couple of years, whether that's Jason Tatum in a couple of years. Maybe Boston never kind of crosses that, that bridge. Uh, whoever it is, whoever that guy is that becomes available, you have all the draft picks, you have some young players, and you throw it all at them. That, that's how I think you get, if that's the goal, top 10, top 20, top 50, uh, I think you have to get there. And you know what? In all honesty, I look at the last few championship winners, you might just have to have the best three or four players. It's just it's so tough to win in the NBA where I really, you know, maybe I'll look stupid in just a couple of months in June if Boston casually strolls to the championship. But I get to a point where I'm like, man, Jason Tatum's not the best player in a series against Milwaukee. And he's not the best player in a series against three teams in the Western Conference, depending on who makes it. So what do you do then? Like, what if he's not the best player on the floor in the finals? Does the rest of their roster step up? There were real questions about Jalen Brown in the postseason. I've not seen Chris Stapps perform at a high level in the postseason. So I think those are really major questions. And, and the nice thing is about, the ba- about basketball and what I love is it always changes. You can't solve it. You may think that's the formula to win it, and then you put that formula together, and it doesn't work at all. And that, that's kind of the fun part of, of the gamble of every year. Ben, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us as always, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again here very soon. Yep, thanks, guys. There he is, Ben Anderson, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports. You can have the formula, but it's like, all right, how do you get there? Because there's times where I feel like the Jazz have to draft it and develop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And keep it. But 
they definitely have assets, but it's like, it's like, do you, are you going to have to draft it and develop it to own it? Because it gets so expensive otherwise, and then retaining it is terribly expensive, and the NBA has done things in their collective bargaining that, you know, when we were talking to Kurt Heelan, and I've been harping on what it's going to cost Golden State to play basketball this year, now they've got things outside of money that make it difficult for teams to rebuild if they're in that repeater yeah. area. It's not just money. You can't just pay your way out of it. You lose assets. So it's a difficult world. And, and the windows have, I think the windows have become so much smaller in the NBA. Oh, yeah, 100%. For dynasties. Yep, yep. There's no doubt. Um, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone coming up in the uh, 2 o'clock hour. We'll chat with Tim Lacombe, get his thoughts on the Jazz. We'll even talk some college with him. Hey, he's calling high school games, too. We'll even see what the talent looks like at the high school level. It's all straight ahead. It's your uh, Thursday basketball fix. We do it every Thursday from 1 to 3 right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present? This is JJ and Alex. Let's see what Utah is. Let's see how they develop, see how healthy they stay. If they are what we think they are, they're the leader of the pack. But I would say overall, this is a wide open conference because everything is new and everything is unfamiliar. It's going to be really fascinating to watch this season play out with so many new teams in the conference. Even some of these new teams from last year, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF haven't played everybody yet. So there's still such a newness around this conference that is still playing out this season. And then you add Utah, Colorado with Coach Prime and Shadur Sanders. And we know what Arizona was last year. And even though they have a new head coach, they're bringing a great vibe and they're bringing a confidence and they're bringing a little swagger. It's going to be really interesting to see these new teams come in. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. For the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, yeah. we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5 The Sports Zone. and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. Lloyd tried to prompt me into giving away the tickets last segment, and he played Def Leppard, and I forgot to give them away. So now he's playing Def Leppard again. We might get a little photograph coming up next segment. But call number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. You win a pair of, pair of tickets to see Def Leppard at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater coming up September 10th, 2024. You know what's great about that? is when Def Leppard's in concert, that means it's going to be football season. Yes, and that's even better. I do like a little Def Leppard, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't hate on it. No, I mean, I'm, I'm all about Def Leppard. I like them, and that will be a beautiful time of year to get out there and enjoy Def Leppard for free. If you're calling number 12, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Have you seen this story with Wiggins that's popped up with the Golden State Warriors? Andrew Wiggins has removed himself from the team again for personal reasons. Do you remember he missed the final 25 games yeah. of the regular season last year? 
and it went undisclosed. The team did not talk about it. He did not talk about it. And it took Shams, who reported that it was some health issues with his dad. Well, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins has left, and I was listening to Steve Kerr talk about it, and they were like, well, Steve, what's the deal? And he said, what he made it sound like to me, Andrew Wiggins didn't even tell him what the deal is. Andrew Wiggins didn't give any indication. He basically just said, I need time. And he has now left the team for personal reasons. Should, and that's his right, should the Golden State Warriors still be on the hook for paying him? No. I don't think so either. No, because, okay, I need to not pay you for personal reasons. I I don't want to have to fork out the money if you're not there. I get it. It's a tough thing to do, and it's tough occupation. There's just a lot of people out there that would yeah. give a year of basketball for $25 million. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So if you could, please just be available. Wiggins was playing better, and that's why we've seen Golden State. I think they won was it 11 of the last 15. Or said they won 11 of the last 14. And they've extended. Remember, we were talking about the Utah Jazz were just a game or so. Oh, yeah, they were hanging right there with them, and that that – that's no longer the case. It was a four-game gap now. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that, Wiggins started to pick up his play and was looking good, and then he is gone. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. You know, we've talked about this. Like, there are people that you rely on, and when those people decide that their personal situation is more important than being available and being at work – then it makes it really hard for the team. Yeah. Like everybody suffers because people got to pick up the slack. And when you decide, you know, my personal issues are more important than your issues and my job, then it's like, yep, okay, well, how important are you actually then? How much do we need you? How much, do, how, how, much how long do we need to wait well, around for yeah. you? Look, I know Ben Simmons can't shoot the ball into the ocean. But he still, when everything's right with Ben Simmons, is an elite basketball player. But right now, if you're a GM or if you're a coach, do you feel comfortable having Ben Simmons on your roster? No. no. Do you? No. No. And the thing is, you'll see moments where like, oh, wow, this guy's awesome. He's great. And then there's other times where it's just like, I can't have him out there. Or he's not out there, period. Or he's hurt with the back. Or he's dealing with other issues. And it's just like, look, I get it. I just can't have you being a part of this team. I just would be pulling my hair out if I'm Golden State because I've already had to relegate Clay Thompson to the bench. Yes. He's become a bench. He's become a role player. And he's costing me $45 million. Now, his contract expires. Yeah. But I'm hanging on to Steph Curry as long as I have to or can now at this point, and he's costing me. You got Draymond, and we all know about that. He's a problem. So this puts all the weight on Kaminga. Kaminga's going to have to step up, be fantastic, because even though Wiggins never lived up to his number one overall, he was number one overall, right? Yeah. Even though he's never lived up to his number one overall, he did become a pretty valuable role-playing piece of that roster. 100%. And he just can't because of personal reasons. Yeah. And it's like, yo – if I'm Kaminga, if I'm Steph, if I'm ownership, if I'm Kerr, I'm like, 
yeah, wait a second. I know we all have personal issues. We're all going through something. I get that you want to take time off, but you are letting down the team. So if you could keep it to a short time and let us know what the problem is, we could all manage this together. Yeah. All right, Hanson, Scotty, Greg's with us. We're live here at RGS Exteriors. Now is the time, folks. we got to get you squared away. If it's the outside of your home, RGS is going to get you squared away. And, again, we've talked about rain gutters, and people are going to see now that spring is here, they're going to look at their roof or they're going to look at the side of their house and be like, ooh, that wasn't good. Or you may feel like, you know what, I may have dodged a bullet, and I've got all spring and summer to get that addressed before next fall. Well, guess what? October, November is going to be here before you know it, and now's the time to get things squared away so your home performs its best. It is. Give us a call. Let us come out. We'll give you a free estimate. We can go over whatever's you know, happened to your home, whatever issues you may have that uh, happened during the winter, what we can do to fix it, to, mit- to mitigate those problems. To uh, If you're looking to do a remodel, we can go over from you know, how we would demo it, what we can put on there, what your options are, all for free. Just give us a call. Get our estimators out there. They love to help you design a new home, the one that you want. I just want people to understand that RGS, are we in the fifth generation now? Yes. Brownie's fifth generation? Yep. RGS has been around a long time, and they back their product, and they back their work. And when we talk to Tim, he's like, I know. We just don't do everything perfect. We're not perfect. When they... When you guys did my, my parents' job, it wasn't perfect. But guess what? RGS showed up every time we called and said, oh, hey, um, the Tyvek covered up one of the outlets. You guys came out. You found the outlet. You cut it out. There was uh, one issue with a, a stone that was placed down by an outlet. You came out, removed the stone, fixed it. It's like you guys back warranty. You don't disappear when the tough gets going. Yeah, that's it. And most contract, there's a lot of contractors out there. They'll come out and put up work and do a decent job of it, but you're never going to hear from them. You're not going to be able to get a hold of them. That's not us. We've been here for, like you said, now five generations. And the only reason we've been able to stay around as long as we have, because we honestly, we're going to be here. We're going to take care of, we're not perfect, um, but we try to be as best as we can. And when we do make a mistake, we own up to it. We'll fix it. We'll take care of it. And we warranty it. We have one of the best warranties in the industry. we got a 10-year uh, warranty on our work uh, that we do. We stand behind it so that you have that peace of mind knowing if something does go wrong, they're going to be around to call in a year or two. If, if I need them, they can come out. And we actually get a lot of calls from stuff that goes wrong that's not us. But because they know that we're warranting the other parts of their house, we go out and take care of that for I them love as it. well. And that's that's who we are. We're we're here. I mean, obviously, we're here to make money, but we're in for the long haul. We're here to take care of you, to give you that comfort, that peace of mind, knowing that your house is done right. It's going to be warrantied. And if you ever need somebody to call, you can call us, and we're going to come out and take care of it. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. Call right now. Get on the books. It's a free estimate, free consultation. RGS is going to help you out. It's 801-280-3110 right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.